This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. Welcome. In a moment, we'll be checking in with John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. Canada's alcohol industry says mandatory warning labels about health risks on booze bottles are unnecessary. The president of Beer Canada says the industry already voluntarily puts warnings on their packaging, informing people to drink responsibly and warning against the dangers of drinking while pregnant or drinking and driving. This all comes after some new recommendations on drinking released this past Tuesday by the Canadian Centre on Substance Use and Addiction. And I warn you, if you like a drink now and again, it's a bit of a buzzkill. The CCSUA now says that more than two drinks a week puts you at an increased risk of premature death. Their last report in 2011 said that anything under two drinks per day kept you at low risk. The definition of a standard drink in Canada is equivalent to a bottle of beer, glass of wine, or a shot glass of the hard stuff. They also now say the harm to yourself and others is moderate, meaning a one in 100 risk of premature death if you have three to six drinks a week. As you increase the intake, the risk grows higher, more steeply for women than men, As you go over six drinks per week, the report goes on to say alcohol can affect various organs, cause inflammation, heart disease, multiple cancers, as well as injury from falls, violence, and motor vehicle crashes. The report also points out that alcohol is the leading preventable cause of death, disability, and social problems. A lot of things are slowly getting cheaper as the inflation rate in Canada cools, but just a bit. Statistics Canada says the cost of groceries remained high, but we did get a pretty good break on gas prices. In December, we paid 13% less at the pumps compared to November. That's mainly because the price of crude oil dropped amid concerns of a slowing global economy. In the meantime, though, despite the cooling inflation numbers, it looks like the Bank of Canada is leaning towards raising interest rates yet again next week. Their next day to make a decision on the interest rate is this coming Wednesday, the 25th. A lot of the big commercial banks are predicting a quarter percentage point rate hike, which would bring the central bank's key interest rate to four and a half percent. Zellers is coming back. After a 10-year hiatus, the retail chain Zellers is returning this spring in 25 locations across Canada, including four right here in BC. The company says stores are set to open inside Hudson's Bay locations in downtown Vancouver, Surrey, Kamloops, and Abbotsford. Each one will be between 8,000 and 10,000 square feet. Hudson's Bay says the new stores aim to offer a hint of nostalgia And who isn't nostalgic for Zellers? This is some bad news for not just fans of folk music, but anybody who loves the idea of a music festival that happens 
in a beautiful, picturesque outdoor site. The Vancouver Folk Music Festival, which has been held at Jericho Beach Park for nearly 45 years, will not happen this summer, and there's a chance it may never be back, thanks mainly to rising production costs. A statement from the Festival Society this week said it would take an extra half a million bucks to produce a festival for 2023, which is just not realistic with its current cash flow. Members of the Folk Music Festival Society are now planning a vote on whether to completely dissolve the society on February 1st. The three-day volunteer-run Vancouver Folk Fest has been a fixture of the Lower Mainland's arts and culture scene since 1978, featuring all types of music from all over the world performed right next to the beach with a view of mountains, just a beautiful setting. Uh, But like a lot of music festivals, the Vancouver Folk Fest was hit hard by COVID, having to cancel in the summer of 2020 and 2021, though they were able to present the festival last summer at Jericho. 2022 was actually a pretty good year for the concert business overall after two years of COVID cancellations. And now that all the ticket receipts have been counted, it looks like Elton John was the most in-demand touring act of last year around the world in terms of ticket sales. That's according to online ticket marketplace StubHub. Elton's tour was the highest selling in five years, grossing $201.8 million in 2022. Madonna is now hoping to get in a a little of that uh, touring money. The Madonna Celebration Tour was announced this week. It will go all over the world after kicking off right here in Vancouver on July 15th at Rogers Arena. Madonna will make stops all over North America before jumping to Europe along with Vancouver. Madonna will also be making stops in Toronto and Montreal over the summer. And a fun fact, that Montreal show will be August 16th, and that's her birthday. So Madonna will turn 65 years old in Montreal. And it sounds like a bit of a greatest hits tour. They go on sale tickets do this coming Friday, but pre-sale tickets being sold as early as this coming Tuesday. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. And coming up, we're going to talk real estate, guiding us through the opportunities out there in the world of real estate. In this market will be John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as johnnysmartpoint.com. That's next when Vancouver Consumer continues on CKNW. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong and this is Vancouver Consumer. On CKNW, the last two years have been a wild ride for real estate in the Lower Mainland. So what does that mean for 2023? What does the new year have in store for us? It's a good question. And to help us answer it, we have our man on the ground, in the trenches of the Vancouver real estate market in all the different areas of the Lower Mainland. Our friend John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smart Point. You can find him online at johnnysmartpoint.com. Hello, John. Happy New Year. How are you? Hi, Martin. Happy New Year. Good afternoon. Great to be back for this uh, first meeting of ours in 2023. Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, the expectations are high for a new year. The last two years, um, you know, they always say in uh, in investing, the previous performance is no guarantee of future performance. And uh, I don't think it's ever been as true 
with uh, the real estate market. So we, we, we have a lot of different unknown variables and uh, you know, you, you've seen it all. You've been doing this for a long time. What's your feeling? What's your attitude as we sort of just start ramping up for 2023? You feeling good? That's a great, uh, that's a great question, Martin. And, you know, I've been doing this many years now and it always feels kind of, you know, like, that that fresh new slate in January, you know, it's a brand new year. Um, if you're following statistics and tracking things like that, we're kind of into a new era. Um, and, you know, I don't generally have a lot of work to do in early January, so um, I'm not that busy. So from my point of view, um, it, you know, it's time to rededicate uh, and be available for those people who want to be talking about real estate, and that's surely coming. But generally, January is a time to recoup. Uh, get ready. And and I think most importantly, um, you know, for me, when I analyze the market, because that's a that's a big part of my job. People want to know how their property might fit into the market in their area and, you know, what their leverage situation might be, what their value might be and all these things. So, you know, I keep a pretty close eye on as best I can the real estate market in all kinds of areas. And I you know have conversations with my broker and other agents at my company and other companies and all these things. So, when I think about January and the way I'm feeling right now is is I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, that kind of stock market bell ringing and things getting underway. Generally, that happens in February. Not that there's not any action happening, but the big deal with the market, I think, is is the the, the tone for the year generally is set sometime around March. Let's just say end of February, March, and into April, where. In the spring, which is typically the most busy real estate market, people get back at it. The, the you know the tulips bloom and the house is painted, and their people are ready to sell and move and make life decisions. You know that's a big. What's coming up here in the very near future is a, is a big uh, indicator of what's going to happen in the year. And what I mean by that is, if we were to look at previous years, say two, three, four, five years ago, if you sold your house in February or March. You know, chances are you might have sold it a little bit too light. In, 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 and what I mean by that is, had you waited till May or June, prices had probably gone up. And the reason for that, to, in a large degree, was that the new listings were hitting the market in February, March, April, and they were getting snapped up and sold so quickly that there was a shortage. And buyers realized they had to start bidding higher and stronger and all these things and the trend that we saw. But that doesn't necessarily happen every year. Um, you know, we had a slowdown in 2022. And uh, we kind of went back to normal and a little bit below normal. Our, our sales numbers are below the 10-year averages. And so it was quite a change. But we didn't have, uh, let's say, a, a, you know, a big influx of, of listings to flood the market and make it really tough for sellers. When it comes to this spring, I think we're going to see more listings. And it's going to depend on you know, how those listings are absorbed into the market. Are they sold relatively quickly? Are there multiple offer situations? Is there pressures holding prices where they are or even pushing them up? Or are there more listings uh, hitting the market than buyers are willing to absorb and listings sit and prices tend to come down a bit? So we've been in a bit of a downward trend with interest rates being higher. And long finally getting to the, to the end of your question, Martin, is the way I see the market now is I'm going to see what happens in the spring. I have my own thoughts about what may happen, but you really don't know until the rubber meets the road. And I think that February, March and April are going to be key months in determining what happens in the real estate market locally in 2023. John Carlson is our guest. Uh, johnnysmartpoint.com is the website. I should spell Johnny. It's J-O-H-N-N-Y smartpoint.com. And you can find out everything uh, you need to know 
about Johnny Smartpoint. And uh, as you say, the days of just putting your, your home on the market and then just waiting for the multiple offers to come in are over. And it's never really uh, been a more important time to have a real professional on your side, someone who's been around. And you've been around a long time and you've seen uh, the dips and the heights of the real estate market in the lower mainland. And it it becomes a little bit more tricky in this kind of market. But that doesn't mean the market stops because I, I talk to a lot of people who who are, are getting kind of excited about getting back into the market. So how, how important is it to have an experienced agent on your side? And, you know, this is your chance to, to talk about, I mean, how, how long you've been doing this and, and some of the, some of the ins and outs that uh, experience uh, can provide an advantage for. Well, thanks for that question. And I, I certainly don't want to disparage any other agents that might be less, uh, have less um, uh, time in the market than I've had less experience. But, um, you know, it is important. But when I think about experience, I think, okay, well, experience 20 years ago versus experience last year, you know, current experience is kind of important. So I don't know, I, I believe that if you're going to be um, hiring an agent to represent you, and uh, maybe to give you some advice and all those things that you want somebody with a recent track record that is that is strong and, and dependable. So um, you know, I guess to answer your question, experience, Martin, in any industry, yours, mine, and the listeners out there in their businesses, I'm sure that when they think about the experience level that they offer, that's one of the most, one of the, uh, you know, the strongest um, things that they can bring to the table when it comes to helping out a client. So w another thing I'll say about that is we have experience in different markets, but I, I talking to other agents and, and uh, mortgage brokers and all kinds of people in the industry, I think there's a consensus out there that the real estate market this year is going to reflect more there are more changes thrown into that formula than than we've seen that i've ever seen in my 27 years now of real estate um, so uh, we have government intervention regarding um whole, you know all kinds of things and we can get into that we're going to talk about that in the year as these things flesh themselves out but i think right now what you want is somebody who has a clear grasp of um, current market conditions is able to communicate that to you and give you a good feeling in terms of um, uh, your confidence level on the market, because that's important when it comes to looking at offers and somebody that can give you uh, a good pathway through the current conditions and, and let you know, hey, are, do you do you have the big stick in this in this negotiation or with the buyer and to what degree and how do we navigate that situation? So, uh, yeah, experience is going to be important. And I think it's one of the uh, you know, the best things that I can do for people is come in and share my experience and enter into an agency relationship with them and um, listen to what they have to say and give my thoughts on, you know, how I might proceed if I were in their shoes. And for anybody who might be thinking of selling a property and, and everybody's different, some people are downsizing, some people are upsizing, some people are retiring and moving. There's so many different scenarios. Um, what do you say to them when they're thinking, oh, I'm, I'm afraid to get into this market because all they read about is the doom and gloom of the market. Um, but uh, the market continues. And, and what's your advice to people? And, and also, what's the process? I mean, it's not just a situation where, where people should just decide, oh, I'm going to put the house on the market and I'm going to sell it. Um, maybe you want to think about putting the market, putting it on the market a year from now. So, so what's your advice for people who are kind of on the fence and they're thinking it might be time to sell their property? 
Well, uh, good advice. Anytime you're looking at um, going into a significant undertaking like selling a property would always be get as much information, good information as you can, because you want to make good decisions. And that tends to be my focus, you know, when I meet people is to give them what they need to make good decisions. And as you mentioned quite quite well, Martin, you know, the market carries on. Now, there may be legitimate reasons for people to be hesitant about going into the market, personal reasons, financial reasons, any of these sorts of things. And that's fine. I mean, it's, it's, it's not for everybody at, at any given time. But as you mentioned, the market does go on. And one thing I do find sitting down with people is even people who have a pretty good understanding of the market and uh, obviously have been paying attention, uh, they tend to have uh, views that you know, would have served them better three months ago, if you know what I mean. Um, the current market, I, I find that the, the news and the statistics and things, they're, they're lagging indicators. And when you have, a, when you have a, a market that is changing in a significant way, and we've seen changes in pricing, we've seen changes in supply, we've seen changes in legislation and all these sorts of things, um, it takes time for those things to fully play out. So sometimes when I meet people and they're quite well educated about the market and we have a discussion, I might want to update them a little bit about the most you know, current things that, that I see out in the market. So um, if someone is thinking about selling a home, I mean, I'm here <laughs> available. Uh, and that's why, you know, I've got you mentioning my website and my phone number. Um, but, um, you know, it doesn't have to be somebody who's listing their house tomorrow. I, I have many clients. In fact, I just got uh, a phone call a couple days ago and this, this is how the year starts out. Hey, John, yeah, we met last uh, May and you know we mentioned to you that we were going to sell this year and you did an evaluation for us at that time and we kind of came up with a thought. But, you know, how are things looking now? We don't want to move before June 1st because that's when my, you know, my job situation changes. But when should we be looking to get in the market? So, you know, timing and, and pricing. And, you know, so sometimes I meet with people and we ended up work, we end up working together a year or two later. And that's fine because that's part of the process. Other times I get a call from someone that says, you know, hey, I'm the executor of an estate. Uh, you know, my, my father had passed and now my brothers and sisters and I are going to put the house on the market and, uh, you know, we're ready to go now. What do we need to do? We've talked to our lawyer, but our lawyer suggested we talk to an agent. So, you know, these are things I can do to help people um, get ready for what's coming this year. And for a lot of listeners out there, I'm sure, you know, there's there's a real estate transaction out there that they want to make sure goes well. They probably or may want to coordinate it with a sale with a purchase and they need somebody that can help them, you know, you know, manage both sides of that coin because obviously timing's important and the money's important when you're linking a sale to a purchase and you need a place to live. Um, so all kinds of different situations. Uh, I even had one, Martin, where you know, it was a contentious divorce. And I'm just talking about the sellers here, a husband and a wife, uh, each of them wanted their own representation, because communication wasn't there between the two of them. So there are all kinds of areas where an agent like me can step in and help give good advice to people. And then if they hire me, I do a good job for them. Right. So go to johnnysmartpoint.com. It's J-O-H-N-N-Y smartpoint.com. And you can also give John a call at 604-612-0080. We're talking to John Carlson, uh, johnnysmartpoint.com. You can also send him an email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what we can expect in 2023. And uh, I know I just got the uh, assessment in the mail uh, for my home. And a lot of people are wondering... What does that even mean? And there's uh, some other things that uh, 
that people need to to think about. There's the uh, the homeowners uh, empty home tax, the exemption you've got to apply for. We've got all that information and more when we return with John Carlson, Johnny Smart Point. Uh, when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and on Vancouver Consumer this afternoon, we're talking real estate with our friend John Carlson. Uh, you know him as Johnny Smart Point. You can find him online at johnnysmartpoint.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y-S-M-A-R-T, point, P-O-I-N-T.com, johnnysmartpoint.com. And we're talking about 2023. It's a new year, a clean slate, and... Uh, you know, anything but predictable, the Vancouver real estate market, but it's also why you need uh, a real professional on your side. And, and for me, um, here at CKNW, our professional is John Carlson. And John, you're going to be with us uh, for all of 2023 on a regular basis. And we're going to, we're going to follow this and uh, see where the market is headed. Because the one thing about Vancouver real estate is it's either doom or gloom or it's to the moon. And it's, it's hard to gauge the reality of it all. And you've been doing this for a long time. And uh, I think it's important that we all take a step back and understand that people need to buy homes and they need to sell homes. And uh, we should all just take a deep breath and, uh, you know, look at the whole situation from a holistic point of view. Does that make sense? I think that's good advice, Martin, and to understand that life goes on and uh, people are selling homes out of necessity, out of choice, and people are buying homes and, uh, you know, the market carries on. Uh, but it's important for people to realize, you know, and again, not to get too high or too low and doom and gloom, but recognize, hey, there's a new set of reality, uh, you know, com- uh, variables out there in terms of the cost of borrowing money and consumer confidence and Foreigners in the in in the industry buying real estate, uh, foreign entities, and that sort of thing. Lots of different changes going on. So, yes, again, knowledge is power. Uh, being confident in your uh, listing when you're on the market when it comes to negotiating is important. That's power. You, last thing you want to do is be kind of wondering what's going on, and offers come in and you don't know how to deal with them. So you, you you know you need to know what your competition's doing, what it has been doing, and understand your segment. And so these are these are the ways that we can kind of dive down deeper, my, my clients and myself, to come to a point where we know how to operate. But hey, there's a new uh, reality out there, and we all need to operate. We don't what's that saying? We don't uh, deal the cards; we just play the hands we're dealt. And I think in real estate, it's very important to play the best hand you possibly can, and that's where a good agent like myself can come in and help you do that. Yeah. And you deal, John, with a lot of people who are say downsizing or, or upsizing, maybe their family's getting bigger and they, they have to sell their property, but they also have to buy a new property. So there are some advantages to that because I think a lot of people were afraid to move the last couple of years because it was so hard to find something. The inventory was just not there. So, so if somebody is, um, you know, on the fence with a property, they want to make a move, um, there are some advantages and it's probably worth talking to you about those advantages, right? You know, you're absolutely right. I see that a lot, Martin. And I think that's one of the reasons why the inventory, you know, situation blooming is going to be a little stronger this spring. There have been people who have stayed out of the market for various reasons. And one of them 
is the pressure cooker situation. I can't tell you how many times I meet with people. And, and I, you know, honestly, I relate. I would be exactly the same way where I meet with someone and they say, you know, John, we're, we're really happy here. You know, maybe we've got to a, an age where we don't want to have stairs or we don't want to have as much yard to look after, or maybe, uh, you know, all that's fine, but the, the kids have just given birth and there's a, a grandbaby just the next town over and they want to be closer to that. But they say to me, John, we love our house. We don't, you know, we don't need to move, but here's our situation. Here's our desire. If we can find a good place to go to, then that would give us the, you know, the good feeling, good motivation to go ahead and make that change. Well, in the last couple of years, that would a move, someone planning that kind of a move might be having a little bit of a problem because if they see something that they like and it's gone in, you know, three days and it had 15 offers on it, that's pretty intimidating, you know, wouldn't you say? So that situation doesn't seem to be the case now. So those kind of sellers who might say, hey, look, I want to find something first. There's not a lot on the market in January, but in February, March, April, and May, boy, those are big listing months. And chances are there's going to be a lot of fresh inventory out there. And a person can go out and look in the market and write an offer that is subject to the sale of their home and, you know, proceed that way, which is probably the safest kind of most comfortable feeling way to go ahead and move. But there are other ways as well. And you're right. These are the kind of things I talk to my clients about. And all those details that uh, John knows about, because John is a total professional. So go to johnnysmartpoint.com. You can also give him a call, 604-612-0080, or an email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com. Um, that's the email address. And and no matter where you are in the lower mainland, because you're not a person who, who specializes or you specialize in everywhere, but you don't just focus on one area of the lower mainland. Um, that's important, isn't it? Well, yeah. And, and people do business differently. I, I only work in areas where I'm comfortable. I grew up, uh, you know, in Vancouver in the lower mainland and, you know, I know the area quite well. And throughout my years of real estate, I've you know, grown to where most of Vancouver and the Fraser Valley, you know, I'm fine. When when things start getting out of my area, whether it be a little bit out of my area, uh, you know, maybe travel time's an issue or uh, maybe it's way out of my area, like Vancouver Island. I'm licensed to sell real estate throughout British Columbia, but I don't uh, do it on Vancouver Island, for instance, because I don't know the market well. And, and who knows what I might <laughs> lead somebody into due to my ignorance on the market. And that's, you know, that's not a professional. So, but what I, what I am capable of doing, and I do this all the time, given my many years of real estate and doing transaction with agents and, you know, all the networking that real estate agents generally do, I know a lot of good realtors who do good jobs for their clients in other towns. And so sometimes I get the phone call, Hey, John, um, you know, you work with me uh, when you when I bought my place. Well, my mom now wants to move over to Vancouver Island. Do you know any good realtors in Courtney? Or uh, we want to move up to Kelowna. You know, I'm just actually working on a deal right now with an agent um, who represented my client up in Kelowna. And what, what, you know, great job. It feels really good to know that my client is looked after, not just here where I'm involved, but up where, you know, up where they're buying in another area. So I can definitely help people make referrals that way to good agents. Um, but generally speaking, the bread and butter of my, of my business, I do residential resale. I'm not uh, sitting in a tower selling for a developer. Uh, I'm not doing commercial stuff. And again, I can refer. I know lots of commercial realtors out there. So if there's anybody that needs, uh, you know, introduction, I can do those things. But my bread and butter is working for, uh, you know, mom and pop, single people, families, 
residential people who are looking for a place to live or invest in a residential property or to buy a, a property. So when, I, when I'm doing that, I tend to meet all kinds of different potential clients, all kinds of different properties. And I'm always, you know, up to date and comparing and doing offers and doing evaluations on, you know, small acreages, condos, detached houses, townhouses, all these sorts of things. And that keeps me really sharp in those markets. So if you're in Vancouver, if you're in Maple Ridge, if you're in uh, Langley, Surrey, you know, White Rock. In fact, I should probably um, congratulate uh, Anne and Al uh, on their sale that I had down in South Surrey. That one happened just before Christmas. I should uh, congratulate Tim and Christine for their house in Maple Ridge. We got conditions removed on that one Christmas Eve, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> but all of these areas I can work in. Uh, if there was an area that someone, and sometimes it happens, someone calls me and says, hey, John, I live in Whistler. Can you work with me? And I say, you know, really, I don't know the market well enough. I'm not comfortable uh, to, to do a good job there. So, you know, here's a couple names you might want to try. But for the most part, locally here, I'm your guy. Yeah. So no matter where you are in the lower mainland, and uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about the different areas in the lower mainland. Is there a trend that you're seeing? Are certain areas uh, going to be hotter than others? What What's your thought on that? Well, the first thing that pops into my mind is I'm looking to see how this... Um, how the, um, the the condos and townhomes, how strata properties do in the new year. As a lot of people are probably aware, uh, the provincial government has made some pretty significant changes regarding age restrictions and rental restrictions in strata properties. And the gist of it is that uh, unless your building is officially an age 55 and over building, which, which is protected under law now, where you can restrict age for seniors, uh, unless you can do that, um, you, there are no age restrictions and there are no rental restrictions anymore. So when I think of, say, condos where I've typically maybe worked and sold, sold them as a listing agent, their, uh, their main draw was that, hey, this is great for investors. It's close to where the SkyTrain is going to be coming in years or it's, uh, it's got this, it's got a commercial component. You can rent it out. It's open rentals and investors flock. Well, now everything's an open you know, rental and uh, some of the newer buildings are maybe going to look more attractive to develop or I'm sorry, to investors. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering how that's going to shake out, you know, so I'm keeping an open an open mind onto that. The overall palette, the overall feel of the market is that, um, you know, financing is getting more expensive and prices are are softening and how severe that softening gets is going to depend on the supply and demand ratios as we go through this year, as, as I mentioned earlier. Um, but, you know, Here's the thing, Martin, again, in all my years, I've seen some ups and downs in the real estate market locally, but we're very, very resilient here, you know, in, in greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley when it comes to downturns in the market. And I think that's one of the reasons why our provincial government had to get involved and try to, you know, and, and try to, you know, bring prices down or bring the market under control is because we're just very, very robust. So we're going to see how the foreign buyer ban plays out, how many exemptions there might be, how that's going to work. We're going to see how this uh, buyer rescission period, we're going to talk about that next time I'm on the show in a couple of weeks. We're going to see how that plays out. I think that's, you know, closing the barn door after the horse is gone, quite frankly. But my feeling is that we're in a very, um, very fortunate, I guess, area of the world where uh, people want to live and there's a limited supply of, of, of properties. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to we're going to have the market's going to be just fine. But we have to make sure as sellers or buyers that our expectations are in line with the actual fundamentals of the market. And within that understanding, we want to do really well. We want to win. We want to get a good deal or we want to sell for a good price. But to do that, 
to get a win, you have to understand, you know, where the market is at and, and plan accordingly. And also have someone who who understands the the market in its entirety and who who has sort of lived through these uh, these peaks and valleys in the market. I I guess I guess you've seen it all. You've seen the ups and wow. the downs. I don't know about that, but you know, it was funny. I was over Christmas holidays and meeting with clients and family and all that sort of stuff. It occurred to me that such a big part of it, it's such a big part of my life. I mean, uh, you know, we have, we have get togethers at our home and, you know, half the people there can be clients that I worked with five or 10 or two years ago. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always focused on my clients and the real estate market. And because I do it on a daily basis, it just kind of sinks into you. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's a big part of my life and it's something that I'm going to be continuing on with for many years. And I'm hoping that some of the listeners out there who are thinking about making a move this year, give me a call and invite me over for a meeting because I'd love to talk to you about it. Go to johnnysmartpoint.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y, smartpoint.com, johnnysmartpoint.com. You can get a hold of John there, or you can just call 604-612-0080. And uh, John also has an email address. It's john at johnnysmartpoint.com. John at johnnysmartpoint.com. That's the email address. And John, we will be talking a lot this year in 2023. And uh, so, as I say, Happy New Year. And um, thanks so much for joining us. I'll I'll see you a couple of weeks. Thanks so much, Martin. All right. John Carlson, you know him as Johnny Smartpoint. This is Vancouver Consumer. And coming up, did you know the very first Iron Man to ever appear in a comic book was created and published right here in Vancouver? I've got that story when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. And most likely you've heard of the Marvel Comics character Iron Man. Tony Stark, he can lift 100 tons when the Iron Man suit is fully powered. Well, that Iron Man, co-created by Stan Lee, first appeared in 1963, a comic called Tales of Suspense, number 39. But did you know an Iron Man character appeared in a comic book years before that in 1941? And it was a comic book that was written, illustrated, and published right here in Vancouver from an office on Homer Street. This Iron Man was a little different. He was a Canadian superhero described as the lone survivor of an advanced underwater civilization that had been destroyed by an earthquake who was summoned to the surface world to aid humanity. So yeah, a bit of a Superman ripoff. But this Canadian Iron Man is actually a pretty interesting story. And it was a huge part of a golden age, pardon the pun, for Canadian comics. Because it was wartime, World War II, a lot of things had to be rationed in Canada. And importing things into this country was tricky. Anything that was deemed non-essential by the government could not be imported. And one of those non-essential items was the comic book. And there was a big demand for them here in Canada. In the late 30s and into the 40s, the comic book industry was still new and really starting to grow. Superman had made his debut in 1938 and it was a huge hit. Uh, So Superman, uh, everybody wanted to read about. And there were other characters that were really popular too. Batman and Robin, Captain America and Wonder Woman to name just a few. But here in Canada, because of World War II, suddenly these new comic books 
were not available. So seeing that opportunity in stepped the Maple Leaf Publishing Company, setting up shop on Homer Street right here in Vancouver. Maple Leaf Comics uh, were conceived when Winnipeg-born Vernon Miller, a former Walt Disney cartoonist, came back from L.A. to B.C., and partnered with a local magazine vendor to get in on the demand for fresh comics content. And that led to what is believed to be the first true Canadian comic book, Better Comics Volume 1, Number 1. It hit the newsstands in Vancouver and across the country in March of 1941. At first, it was in full color and cost 15 cents an issue. They then decided to make the inside pages black and white, and that let them charge only 10 cents. It was a hit, and soon Maple Leaf had four titles, Better Comics, Bing Bang Comics, Lucky Comics, and Name It Comics. Those titles were soon selling more than 150,000 copies per issue, and the office swelled to a staff of 11 artists and writers, both men and women, all working out of that little office on Homer Street in Vancouver. Ted Ross was one of those writers, earning 110 bucks a month, he created characters like Cade of the Caribou, Bill Speed, the Bush Pilot, and Deuce Granville. I wonder where they got that name, Deuce Granville. And the great thing about most of these characters is that they were truly Canadian. For example, Brock Windsor. Now, Brock Windsor's character was described as a Winnipeg doctor and outdoorsman who could speak many languages, including French and even a fictional First Nations language. Brock Windsor's story is that he crash-landed his canoe on the shores of a hidden island in the middle of the Lake of the Woods, and he roams the land, looking for a way back to mainland Canada. I saw some of the cover covers of these comics, and most of them were Brock fighting bears. I told you, these characters were Canadian. When the war ended in 1945, the ban on American comics being imported into Canada ended, and it meant that by the end of 1946, Maple Leaf Publishing was out of business. But at least they were the first comic to feature Iron Man. And though that version of Iron Man was, as I say, just kind of a Superman ripoff, we can still be proud of something made right here in Vancouver. Maybe it's time to bring back Deuce Granville. I'm Martin Strong, and this is Vancouver Consumer. And coming up, do you have Zoom fatigue? Scientists say it's real from all those Zoom meetings. And it's not just because your coworkers are exhausting. It's the technology. That story is coming up in our Consumer News of the Week as we continue right after this. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.